It is noon, it is Friday. It is officially time for Video Chicken. My name is Matt, coming to you live right now from Raleigh, North Carolina. Actually standing in our chicken expert to my right here, Kristen, how you doing? Good. Standing in well her done. standing in her living room. Thank you so much for letting me come here this morning. Take advantage of what you have is phenomenal internet. And <laughs> she didn't know it, I didn't know it. She has a green screen that is huge. So I wanted to take advantage of that today, uh, just doing something a little bit different. We're going to have a lot of fun today, especially the fact that we don't have to sit still, be down in the bottom corners here mm-hmm. and, and, and whatnot. So we were just, uh, Mackenzie's in the green room. We were able to hear her loud and clear, and then all of a sudden, she just disappears. So I'm not sure what happened. And it's also come to my attention that it takes a couple minutes for the video to start on our um, website. So I'm going to bring Mackenzie in, in here in a couple minutes for those top three questions of the week. And also, Mackenzie, uh, just give me a heads up. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, I, it sounds like she can hear me. And I wanted to change that. It doesn't have to be the top three questions. I was also thinking, too, maybe like the craziest question for the week. No, I, I want to know what's going on in the shop. How about shop gossip? There's some shop gossip right now, but yeah. people aren't here so much for the shop gossip. But huh. I can tell you uh, Dave's getting a mullet. Yeah? Yeah. Like I can tell that. you Dave is the one that broke one of our trailers. We okay. were all wondering how a fender just fell off. But anyways, all right, so let's go ahead and get started. See, that's much more interesting. How is that interesting? They broke my trailer, and no one wanted to tell us. Um, also, I wanted to let you guys know, coming up in today's show, this is a very, very special show for me. Uh, I hope that it will be entertaining, and you guys are going to learn a lot from it. But I am going to be bringing in a guest today that is by far the smartest man I have ever met. Uh, here's Ingrid coming in. We're going to bring her into the green room. Uh, Ingrid, how are you? Both of you guys are muted. I'm not sure why you guys are muted, um, but we'll just leave it that way for right now. Anyways, uh, you know, here I am, 42 years old, and I have not talked to my old science teacher, and I think I did the math yesterday. It was like 25 years. And I can tell you, and I hope everyone out there can say the same thing, that you, everyone had that one teacher that you'll never forget. Just apps, everyone loved this teacher yeah. that I had. Do you have a teacher like yeah. that? Similar story? Dr. Lumpkin. Do- Dr. Lumpkin. You had a doctor for a teacher. Wow. Okay. Um, so later today, hopefully he'll be coming into the green room. I did send him a link. Uh, he is older now, so he's not really up to the uh, technology uh, like us younger folk are, but we did a test run yesterday. He did a really good job. So again, coming up is my science teacher. And the reason why I'm bringing him in is, I I tell you, since I graduated, but ever since I definitely started this business, every day, at least once, I've always asked myself, what would Mr. Chauffin say? (laughs) It's it's just that simple. And and I say, what would Dr. Lumpkin wear? Really? <laughs> so what we're gonna do today is there are things that have come to my attention, especially questions on our YouTube, uh, that I don't have an answer to. And I love when we get those questions. And I go to the experts out there, but you can never you, you gotta be really careful. You never know if they're gonna give you a biased opinion, especially when it comes to their product. So who better to go to and ask a scientist? So that's what we're gonna do today. All right, let's go ahead and uh, everyone out there, give me a thumbs up. Again, we have changed the audio. Uh, make sure you hear us good. Make sure I'm not too loud. And I'm gonna, I guess Ingrid says that she can hear us. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. And we are gonna go to the interview screen. 
And unfortunately, because I am so far away from the TV, or TV, the uh, computer, I have to reach in. And, oh, we brought Ingrid up right away. That was easy. Um, so we can hear her. But that's not who we want. So, Well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, but Ingrid, Ingrid, everyone, how you doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, oh, I see what I can do. I don't have any shop gossip. Uh, oh, there's Mackenzie. All right. Uh, I swear I am practicing a lot how to work this software. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Happy Friday, Mackenzie. How you doing? Good, except you put a slash mark over my face, and that's why you couldn't see or hear me. Okay, well, everything's good now. Everything's so. great. Let's go. Uh, so how are things Perfect. going this week in the shop? Um, it's been a whirlwind, as usual. I mean... Head out to the metal trying to get these coops out the door. I'm working on an estimate right now for a potential customer. Uh, you know how it goes. Wait a minute. You're you're tapping into your sales roots? I shouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm happy to hear I, I, that. I, I had no idea. Uh, every once in a water I a while, I do dip my toes back in the sales waters. Uh you know, if I happen to pick up the phone and a customer says, oh, I know everything I want, I tell them that I would be more than happy to get the process started. And Well, I definitely appreciate that. I know in the beginning, a lot of people <laughs> don't know this. We tried to suck Mackenzie into sales because she was learning so much and she was really good. You know, customers tell us all the time how great you are on the phone, how knowledgeable you are. But I know that sales wasn't your passion and I am all about trying to help people to um, go towards the things that they love to do. And apparently, look, I don't Mackenzie, dislike it. Mackenzie loves shopping. She loves spending the Carolina Coops money. So she has been the one that has been <laughs> learning so much about how to buy material in large quantities, bringing in even from overseas, which is a pain in the butt. It does happen. And uh, but anyways, all right. So top three questions, craziest questions. What do you got for us this week? Um, we get this one a lot, and you touch on it a lot. Um, has to do with chicken math is how do I know how many chickens I can have? I have just a screen, and I want Kristen to answer this. Watch this, watch this, folks. Boom, all right, so we're gonna bring up a screen with a chicken coop, right, bird's eye view, and the question is, how do I know how many chickens I should have? Right? Right. Okay. Well, we do get that question all the time. I mean, go ahead and bring her in. Um, we have an assistant, a.k.a. Elise, Kristen's daughter, who is the amazing person at catching a chicken. We thought, why not bring a chicken in the show today? We can't really see her. That is actually a cuckoo moran. That Coo phantom. This, I was going to say, she's a little... Look, look how friendly she is. Um, cuckoo moran and... You know, one of the things I love when you tell people, you know, chicken handling 101, always let the feet hang. Just like that, right? Right. All right, so how many chickens should I have? We did actually talk about this, what was it, last week or a couple weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, we, I think we've seen that before, and I said, look, you've got room for one more. <laughs> yeah. So how many chickens should people have? And Well, there's the 12-inch roll that you – well, first of all, there's how many you can have – the room for in the in the hen house and then how many do you have room for in the run so there are two separate questions and you go with the lesser number well or you know something just occurred to me and there's mr choffin right there we're going to bring him into the green room he is right on time 
and um, we're going to keep him muted in the background. So anyways, I think the question is what comes first, the number of chickens or what size coop you're going to get for how many chickens you're going to put in there? All right, so I think when people are asking what, uh, how many chickens should I have, is it comes down to how many eggs you want or what budget you have for the right size mm -hmm. chicken coop. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in a nutshell, how, how can we answer that kind of shortly? Let's start with the eggs. How many eggs? I mean, okay, you get, you well, get some it, chickens. And, and I'm thinking what, what comes first, the chicken or the coop? So sometimes you get the coop after you have the chickens. And sometimes you get the coop. You plan everything ahead. But yeah. there are a lot of people right now, it's springtime and chicks are in the store. They're impulse purchases. And then they end up, after the fact, planning for the coop. Which is the big no-no. Please right. don't do that. I have so many customers that do that. They don't realize how fast the chickens grow. Yeah. Um, the lighting here, do we? how's the lighting looking? It's, I want to get this chicken looking good. Against the black shirt, it's kind of hard. Anyways, uh, Elise, here, you can, uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and put her down. She'll probably come back later. Um, so, you know, when you first get your chickens, they do start laying eggs. It's not that they lay one egg every day, but if you have six chickens, for example, you'll easily have at least five eggs a day. Is that fair to say? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on the breed. Well, that is true. So that's what you got to figure out is how many eggs do I want? And also, you know, in our business, especially with the chicken coops, is what size coop do I want? What's my budget? Because that is so important. The worst thing to do is get a coop way too small for your number of chickens. So let's go back to Mackenzie and go back to here. All right, Mackenzie, what else? What other questions do you have? What's number two? Um, how do I know when to put my chickens in the coop? Okay, so most people, what they do, you start a brooder, and in that brooder, you got your baby chicks. I'm assuming that's what this question means, right? And then they want to know. Mm -hmm. So what would you tell people? Uh, I would, when they're fully feathered, about five to seven weeks. Exactly. So I always tell people six weeks, so I get right in the middle there. Um, but five to seven weeks, and again, what is it they're looking for? Just uh, when they're fully feathered. When they're fully feathered, Exactly. So, and they, they do sleep together, even if it's cool outside, they'll sleep together and the, their warmth will generate enough between, amongst them all. So they, why when they're fully feathered? Because what makes the difference? That's when they're full, fully developed and the feathers can keep them warm. Exactly. So yeah. you no longer need that heat source. And you know what, I, I, I go back to the mother hen. The mother hen always stops mothering between five and seven weeks as well. So that's, that's nature. That's when they're ready to be on their own and she does push them out of the nest, so to speak, at that time. So. Do you, I'm assuming everyone hears that. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That's why I'm laughing. I see. And then that chicken just walked through the living room right out the back door. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, what else is new? So, you know, that's an interesting point and I've never heard you say that, but that makes good sense. You know, you've often talked about when she raises those baby chicks and that at about that teenage, you know, yeah. six weeks, seven weeks, she's like, get away from me, right. okay, time for you to leave. But that does kind of mimic that when you take them from their brooder out to their hen house. Right. I never thought about that. Now, you did make another point the other day. We were on the phone with a customer, and we you were educating her on whether or not to get baby chicks 
or if you should just go ahead and try to find adult hens. And there's all kinds of advantages and disadvantages to that. You made another point that I never thought about. I often like to tell people, if at all possible, you know, use this hen house back here. Use that hen house as your brooder. That way there's no transition period. But you didn't like that. And I tell you, you, you had an interesting point. Well, do you remember what that point was? Yeah, because then they're not tame. They don't know you. So when you have them in the brooder, you have more, more likely you're going to be interacting. interacting. Yeah. So I like to have them actually in the house or in the garage for at least the first two weeks because they're cute, they're little, they're not much of a nuisance. And then after that, you can transition them to an outdoor space. But what, what are you they, they, at? they grow up fast. They grow up fast. And that's why are you, you laughing about them being in the living room? <laughs> All right, we just had a grown chicken just walk by. So yeah, but that's it. But if you put them outdoors, depending on where your chicken coop is, and this woman had kind of a remote chicken coop. I mean, she had a lot of property, and it was kind of a walk to get to. You're not going to have all that interaction, and you lose the benefit of raising baby chicks. You raise chicks, so you you bond, and they bond, and they become much more tame and interactive. But if you're if if it's a a once a day feeding or less. Mm, so even once a day is not enough. Because here's the point she made. She goes, oh, that's a great excuse for me and my husband mm -hmm. to get outside, go down to the chicken coop and spend some time with the baby chicks. So, you know, again, the, the beauty of chickens, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Definitely. But I just, I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was a great point. All right, Mackenzie, number three. Um, this one is to deal with our watering systems. Oh, gonna be a big subject I, today. How do I teach my chickens to use their water bar? This is another chicken question. I would love to hear what our chicken experts. <laughs> well, we both know the answer is because chickens are curious creatures and they will peck at it. It's red, it, they're gonna be curious, they're gonna peck at it and then they're gonna get water and then they're gonna say, oh, water. So, and then well, once one does it, the other ones will follow. And it's honestly just that simple. Now, a mistake I see people make is, uh, you know, remember, chickens are creatures of habit. And if whether, you know, you got young hens or older hens and you want to switch to like one of our water bars, you've got to remove that original water source that they're used to using. Or they're just going to keep going back to that. They will not go to the water bar. Uh, but yeah, exactly. The, and it doesn't take more than an hour usually. We've got like videos where chickens went up to it within 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, it's usually pretty quick. How do you feel about um, people using the laser pointers to try to train their chickens to use the watering systems? I've never, heard, yeah, of I've never that, heard of that, but I don't know that they'd really be attracted to light. Oh, are you kidding me? Th are that's they? the trick. Okay. That's the trick for <laughs> America's Got Talent or whatever it was. Oh. That the chicken learned how to play a song on a piano. No. The keys lit up. So she trained the chicken oh. to pack the key that lit up. But when you got the camera at the right angle, you didn't know that. So you're oh. like, that's the smartest chicken in the world. How in the world did the chicken learn Beethoven or Mozart? Right, right. <laughs> well, I, I've got laser pointers for the cats, so maybe I should of take those outside. But wait a minute. They're not going to see that in the daylight, and they're asleep at night. So how are they going to see it? You'll see a laser pointer. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, I got something to do today. Awesome. Well, great job, Mackenzie. Um, I know it's been months since we've been home and, and seen you guys, but 
Appreciate everything you guys are doing up there. I know it's uh, been crazy, especially coming into our busy season. Uh, appreciate your oh, yeah. time. I'm glad uh, everything's going well, and you have a great weekend. All right, you guys too. Thanks so much. All right, guys, that's Mackenzie. And I wanted to mention something that I forgot to, to say. I forgot my shirt for work today. <laughs> I uh, actually picked out, and I normally try to wear, yeah, thanks. Yeah, okay. Make you feel better. Sun's out, gun's out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh. I normally have my collared shirt, and I purposely don't wear it until I come on camera because, of course, I'm going to spill something on it. This morning would have been my breakfast burrito or coffee. And I get here and I forgot it. So I, you know, don't hold it against me. Uh, but it is a chance to, to check out the new Carolina Coop shirt. Uh, I'm sure it's going to look a little funky with the green screen because there is some green in it. But uh, How's it look? yeah, it looks brown. That's funny okay. because it's blending in with the background. Anyways, all right. So let's just check. Uh, I'm going to check in with Ingrid. Ingrid, you're in the green screen. Matt, you can see the end of the green screen. Which way? Oh, so yeah, because I was bumping the... Uh, yeah, thank you. I was bumping it around because I noticed it was kind of driving me nuts that uh, we got things falling in here. You know, your typical stuff. Anyway, so Ingrid, make sure that's good. Make sure everything's sounding good. And do we have any questions real quick or we want to go ahead? I don't want to leave Mr. Choffin waiting. I am so excited about this. Again, if you're just joining us, our guest speaker today, uh, and I don't want to get emotional because now I can already feel it. This is the best teacher in the world. And... Uh, just love this guy. And I swear to God, ever since I graduated, every single day, at least once, I would always ask myself, what did Mr. Choffin say? Uh, and I did get a chance to speak to him yesterday a little bit, just testing everything. And it was amazing to hear a couple things I've never heard him say about how much he loved teaching. I mean, I imagine if you dedicate your life like he has and all these other great teachers, they love their job. But when you're a young kid, you just think of them as the enemy. Or am I just that one kid? But Mr. Choffin was the teacher that you just adored. You couldn't wait to go to his class. You couldn't wait to hear everything he had to say. And one of the best parts about him, we would purposely talk about before we went into class. We were supposed to learn probably about the clouds or whatever. We're like, we're going to talk to Mr. Choffin and ask him what he thinks about blah, blah, blah. And he would spend the entire class talking about it. But you would still learn something. Uh, we're going to go ahead and bring Mr. Choffin in and... Make sure I do it right. No, didn't mean to bring Ingrid. Hi, Ingrid. Are you ready for this? <laughs> um, I'm going to go into the interview screen and see if we can bring Mr. Choffin in. Mr. Choffin, are you there, sir? I'm here, but I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no worries. I did tell you, actually, so I'll go ahead and go back to um, the regulars. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. Why did the chicken cross the road? To get in her Carolina coop. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, we'll go Can ahead. be any cornier than that. Oh, no. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Mr. Choffin, thank you so much for being here today. I, again, I can't thank you enough. And I know I speak for, I hope a lot of people that are listening right now that you can think back how important these people were. And as you get older, you don't realize how much they affected you. And you, by far, um, 
just I've learned so much from you and that was your job you were great at it and I did ask and I know we got a lot of uh, people from Mid Lakes where we went to school they were so excited so they are listening and I can definitely speak for them that they all say hi and you were by far when you asked who is your favorite teacher it was Mr. Choffin so again sir thank you so much for being here today oh, I'm here <laughs> yeah, that's Mr. Chopper. All right, so let's dive right into it then. Um, so there's three things. There's three things off the top of my head I can tell you right away. Questions that have come to me that have bugged me. And I've always seen these questions as an opportunity to learn and better our product. But I am the first to admit I'm not an expert on certain things. And one of the things I love about our business, what we've done is we've solved problems. And created solutions to make everyone's life easier. But every now and again, there's that squeaky wheel, there's that one person that's like the naysayer or whatever, but you still gotta learn from them. And one that has always bothered me is when people say you should not give your chickens rainwater. And I tell you, I used to grow coral, and I learned when I grew coral, I had no idea what's in our city water. And you just trust the water's gonna be good. Um, and one of the comments again is you shouldn't give your chickens rainwater. Uh, so Mr. Chaffin, I would love to ask you your opinion on in a situation like this. We have a chicken coop, metal roof, we're collecting rainwater off that metal roof and it just goes right into a food safe rain barrel. What are the things, you know, especially different parts of the world, you know, I imagine air pollution might become a factor, things like that. Would you say it's safe? to let your, in this case, chickens drink rainwater? Well, it depends where you are because 70% of rainwater in our part of the country comes from the Gulf of Mexico. But in California, it's coming off the Pacific Ocean. So the, the mechanism for making the raindrops is different, for example, in Florida. You ever been to Florida in a rainstorm? It's not cold. Hmm. You, you walk around with a, just a light jacket on, and you get wet, and you don't you don't get chilled. The rain there is condensed onto salt drains from the ocean water. Uh, so, in some respects, your rainwater in Florida is, is going to be a little salty. I imagine in California it would be totally where particles, dust particles, are called condensation nuclei, form raindrops in the rest of the country. So I would say check the pH of your rainwater and see how acidic it is or alkaline. It shouldn't be alkaline, but it might be acidic and it might not be. I know we talked about the brass coupling and acidic rainwater would oxidize the copper in the brass, but that's really painting a seal on it. So uh, the, the blue-green color, people wipe it off, you should leave it on. It's a painting. You disappeared. I'm right here. Um, I, I'm, I, this is bringing back so many memories. I'm hanging on every word and you, you got me thinking. So what I wanted to do is for our viewers and you, um, I'm gonna go right to, you know, we started talking about the brass fittings, is the poultry water systems that we sell. And if 
for our viewers and listeners. If you've never seen it, you can always go right to carolinacoops.com and let's see. So just wanted to bring that up and I almost kind of feel like a weatherman. Um, wait, wait, I'm too small. I can't see myself now. But um, okay, so I never thought about this. Even rainwater is just not rainwater. It's going to depend on where you live. That can change the. Would it be fair to say the 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 acidic pH. level, the the pH? Yeah. The and the pH, the more acidic it is. So a good thing to do would be to test your rainwater, which that makes good sense. But now let's say, let's say, well, explain to us what we should look for. Like where would it potentially be good for the chickens or potentially be bad for the chickens? Like what should we look for as far as the pH levels? Well, rainwater would be better than, for example, well water or pond water or, you know, water out of the ditch or whatever. Because rainwater has technically been distilled. I mean, it evaporated and then it condensed on a small particle in the atmosphere and then fell on you. So it's it's not going to have as many minerals in it as well water would. You know, well water, that's that's why in the old days the the girls would wash their hair with rainwater because the well water was we the term is hard. The water was so hard pulled out of the well that it would coat their hair and make their hair brittle and stiff and you get the, what is it, split ends and stuff. So rainwater is better. I would prefer rainwater over municipal water. I mean, you you get water out of the tap and it's loaded with chlorine and some have fluoride in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I would give, I'd rather give rainwater than, than that water. Uh, in fact, we don't drink, uh, at home, we don't drink uh tap water we we run it through one of those zero filters uh zero water filters it's a it's a cation exchange resin mm. and we had a dog who developed um bladder granules and that's why we had to go to distilled water and eventually the zero water um, in her bladder uh, because it, she wasn't able to process it so that's, we get lake water that's been purified with chlorine, which is really bleach. And uh, it's it's hard. I mean, you you make a water balloon, you can give somebody a concussion with it. You know, just, <laughs> you know I'll never forget. That brings up memories. Not that this is chicken-related. Um, I'll never forget Mr. Choffin. He's the teacher that say, if you're in an airplane, let's just say you're going down, you're going to jump out, you don't jump out in water. He would always say, that's the hardest surface on the planet, if I remember correctly. He goes, you're better off, if you're going to think you're going to survive, is jumping into land. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'll never forget that. I, you know, Water is extremely hard. Uh, and God knows I did that once with my car and learned that the hard way. Um, all right, so now when it comes to the health and safety, you know, something I always think about, and I, going back to my growing coral, is that parts per, you know, parts per million, parts per billion, parts per trillion. Um, you know, I, I've put myself in a position where I'm trying to make everyone happy and, and I kind of enjoy trying to do that. And I will say a lot of this conversation is to try to address those comments about rainwater. Um, and I get it, you know, we're still not the cleanest people on this planet and you got the atmosphere up there and, and raindrops are going through. And I remember you teaching this even with snow, 
you know, you, 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 you had us write down, tell me three filters. And I'll never forget one of them. You said snow. Snow's a filter. And you're right. You know, those snowflakes are going through the atmosphere and whatever's in there, it could potentially be catching. Is it really, especially here in the States, do you think it's ever so bad that it could cause health issues uh, to your chickens, which of course we want to keep them healthy. Uh, but the thing I really focus on especially is the safety for us as we consume the eggs in this case. Well, you know, the chicken has a, has a, filtration system of its own, you know, with its kidneys and, and digestive system. I mean, chickens eat bugs, you know, and uh, it doesn't seem to bother the eggs. But, uh, you know, trace elements or heavy metals would, uh, that might be an alarm for some people. But, for example, some people are concerned about the, the lead in brass. But you're talking parts per million. You know, it, it, lead is a cumulative poison, as is mercury. But I don't think a chicken would lifespan is long enough to be to be a problem. Hmm. Uh, to the health of the chicken, and or is it possible? And I'm glad you brought that up because that was my number two thing. That I, I'm actually quite surprised by this. I'm going to go back to the website so that I can show people what we're talking about is and let's see can i click on um let's see if i can zoom in on it these brass fittings right here and i purposely make sure when we're buying things in this case uh these brass fittings right on the package it says lead free and i have learned don't trust everything you say but you want to hopefully put some faith in the government uh, in this case the epa regulates it and then i had a customer bring it to my attention he said Lead-free doesn't mean lead-free. So I had to look it up. The EPA actually has its own definition of what lead-free is, and I should have read it. I, I wish I could read it right now. But it was interesting. It was like 0 0.025 per pound on the wetted surface. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, I was like, well, there is lead in there. But then it comes into what you're saying right now is, what is, in your opinion, without a, you know, a bias towards a product or whatever, an organization maybe that they're paying you to say something, um, what would be considered safe as far as, you know, the, 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 when, when the EPA says it's lead free and the, the, but there is a small amount potentially. But, but again, you know, lead is a cumulative poison, which means once you, once you consumed it, uh, it's going to hang around. Uh, mercury, for example, people are terrified of mercury. Uh, it's not lead, but it's close. It, it looks like lead. And we have, you know, people have had their fillings taken out because they have mercury in them. And uh, the, old, the old silver fillings or amalgams. And, you know, is, is lead toxic? Well, in a single shot, probably not. But you could drink mercury and it won't, it won't kill you. You'll just go right through you. It's a very heavy. It's a very heavy liquid metal. Uh, but mercury vapor will get into your blood. That's what the Mad Hatter was. Uh, the uh, Hatters would the Hatters would polish the the seal skin with mercury uh, to make him shine. And it's the vapor that is the problem. 
So it's unless you're making lead vapor, I, I don't worry about it. <laughs> so I, and let me uh, I'll disclose something right now to everyone is because of this. Uh, one of my goals have been, especially with the water system, is another thing, in this case, California, takes it a step further. My understanding is anything that's an alloy, you have that P65 warning, uh, potential cancers and birth defects. And that's a pretty scary statement. But I'll never forget that one day out in California going to Starbucks, getting a, a, you know, a cup of coffee, and on their cup and then on their counter is a label with that P65. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, we are looking into having manufactured for us instead of the brass fitting, which again, says it's lead free, says it's safe for water consumption by us, is going to stainless steel because my understanding is stainless steel should be safer. But I was actually talking to our engineer and he said, not exactly. And I meant to look up the word he used. Would you know off the top of your head by chance what that, I guess there's some type of metal they add to stainless steel to make it food safe? To make to make stainless, they add chromium to the alloy. That was it, chromium. And he said chromium can potentially or is more toxic than lead. Would you agree? Yes, but chromium will paint the stainless steel with a waterproofing uh, covering, and that's what makes it stainless. Uh, I use it. I use a comparison of aluminum. Aluminum is a very reactive metal, but aluminum oxide is a silver color. So when you use aluminum, other people who, for example, I won't use aluminum cook cookware. I, I'll use cast iron because the aluminum will pit with acidic. Like if you're cooking tomatoes or apples, or the acidic will eat away at the aluminum and now you're ingesting it. Uh, chromium covers the stainless steel, chromium oxide, you don't see it. Take a sheet of paper and rub it against aluminum foil. When you look at the paper, you'll see a, a blackish, silverish sure. coating. Mm -hmm. You've rubbed off the foil. That's the aluminum oxide. So aluminum paints itself too. Brass does it, but the brass will make a uh, bluish green color with, with uh, uh, the, the copper oxide. So, so, so let me ask you then, you know, put yourself in my shoes. You know, here I got to make some decisions. And yes, yeah, stainless steel costs more money, but I always say you can't put a price on your health. And of course, I, I got to be better than everybody else out there. And I take it very serious, especially as a parent. I mean, you just, God only knows what's we're going to find out in 20 years that we're using to kill ourselves uh, slowly. Um, would you say stainless steel is the way to go uh, versus brass, even though it, you know, again, it's just a little bit more expensive, but in the grand scheme of things, plus, plus, here's the the other big one for me. I don't, I, I got, everyone's got to be happy somehow. I don't want anyone to come to me and go, well, Matt, that's 304 stainless steel. Boy, you weren't thinking that one through. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you do? Uh, I'd give them a choice and put the blame on them. I, did, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give them plastic. I'm, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm not a plastic fan because plastic is amorphous, which means it's a liquid changing to a solid very slowly. 
and you don't know and they're finding plastic microplastics all over the place now we've used too much of it mm-hmm. so i would i would say you're stuck with the pro the brass or the stainless uh, i don't see anything wrong i mean we have copper pipes in my house uh bringing water supply in uh, you have uh, that blue green color that that comes out but that's that's the copper painting when that when that color is there nothing's leaching out it's sealing it know what i'm saying chromium so well, uh, right so let, let me ask you that that's very interesting and i guess to your very first answer and that i'll be honest with you is one of my default answers and i can tell you my team that's listening to me they're all shaking their head because they are forcing me and i they're right stop giving people choices when we give people choices we it just you open up opportunity that we'll, we'll you know we're human we may make mistakes um, but we it's my job to say no we are going to offer choices and here's why and I love choices I'm all about choices uh, just let's just educate the consumer and let them choose so that's you know where my crossroads are I would, I would go with the brass and uh, one it's it's more machinable you know, it's easier, it's softer. You know, I say go with the brass, but there are probably 20 different kinds of brass. You know, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, just get the brass that would would meet your needs. And I would go with that. Really? I mean, you're wow. Gonna machine, gonna machine stainless. Stainless is a lot harder metal mm-hmm. and uh, harder to machine and probably exponentially more expensive uh and you still have the chromium on the outside wow i wasn't expecting that throw you in oh my my world just got rocked Mm. i mean i literally almost made the deal last night is it more expensive stainless steel it definitely is it it, it definitely is a you know like he's saying and i've learned this from welding cutting cutting stainless steel is so much harder where you got to go slower because once you heat it up you don't necessarily ruin the stainless steel you ruin your cutting device Mm. because when metal heats up it actually softens you lose your edge in that case um i'm thinking about all those um thermoses that we drink out of i always thought the stainless steel double vacuum thermoses were the safest to drink out of I mean, they make they make those instead of brass ones, right? Right. But I guess know, brass tarnishes. Right. So, and he and Mr. Troffin mentioned a couple of things that's really got me uh, a couple more questions, so that we can understand what we're looking at. Right. So, you know, we all know copper. One of the reasons why we love copper roofing, copper weather vanes, mm-hmm. is when it tarnishes or patina, as we call it. And Mr. Troffin, real quick, you mentioned when it turns green. You you use a different term and you explained a little bit of the effect. Can you just hit on that one more time? If we have a brass fitting and it's changing to green, it's the copper on the brass fitting, but we shouldn't be concerned with that or we should be. No, because the, that, that color is the copper oxide or copper chloride or copper nitrate giving you a barrier to the atmosphere so that it you're you're going to cease now some people will wipe that off and but the thing is if you wipe it off uh you're going to get more oxidation and stainless steel will pit 
and will break down hmm. with caustic fluids flowing through. It will take time because it is so hard, but they're not, you know, totally bulletproof. They're not like styrofoam. Styrofoam lasts forever. You know? <laughs> He used to say that all the time. All right. Well, my world is rocked there. And I tell you, this is going to lead us into something you mentioned a little bit. And I'm going to go back to uh, your – we're already at 1240. See what I mean? We would be sitting in class with him, and that bell would ring. We're like, you got to be kidding me. It's just – I just, I love it. I just – I love it, Mr. Choff, and I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, I'll tell you again. I miss it. That was the most fun I ever had. How long did you teach? 32 years. Wow. He was the best. He was, he just, he, he was different. He was different. And it, to me, it made sense um, in, in so many ways. I wish we could get into it now because I bet you there's so many people that, uh, even we have so many customers that are teachers. And I know I've talked to them like, I, gosh, I, you know, I had one of the best teachers. And he was very different in how he taught and it just made sense um i know we definitely can't get into that now nor should we uh being the chicken coop show however right here mr Choffin, is the let's see if i can zoom it in uh actually if i go to our website make sure i don't lose us well you can see it now it's just bigger on our end here's our water bar all right and that white material is pvc and i make sure when we purchase this pvc it says on the side NSF PW. And my understanding is that's again the government saying this is safe for potable water or drinking water. Versus a lot of people I see make the mistake they go to the cheaper high density. Am I too loud? No, no. I'm just gonna step away. I just have to stretch a little. Oh I know as you're getting yeah. yeah. We normally just... we normally sit in a chair and uh, we got this big giant green screen. I kind of feel like a meteorolo meteorologist. <laughs> uh What's going on? And I'm glad I at least didn't wear my green shirt. I would be really embarrassed right now. Anyways, um, I want to make sure that the PVC is, again, food safe. I've seen people make the mistake. They go get what's uh, NSF drain waste vent, DWV. And either way, what the, the comments have come to me is two things. One, we should not be purchasing PVC because we're contributing to... Um, pollution because it's so toxic to make pvc but maybe once we have the final product it is safe but i've also had people say once that pvc is out and say it starts to warm up it's in the sun uh or even in general i mean we've heard about this bpa or something like that that is potentially yeah. leaching toxins into the water now again i want to remind everyone this is the water system for our chickens it's not something I want you to go up and drink from, but we're here because we love our chickens. And, and, and anything that goes into your chickens, you know, a lot of times we refer to goes into you, even though, yeah, chickens are filters. Um, but I just really would love to take an opportunity right now if you can maybe, if, if it all touch on your knowledge of PVC. Again, is it really that bad to produce? Or more importantly, we're using this PVC. Does it really leach toxins into the water? Well, <clears throat> the old rule of thumb is let the water run a little bit first. You know, and if there is any picking up of, of something from the pipes, that goes down the drain. You understand what I'm saying? I, I absolutely do. So now with that said, and I know um, I have not had the opportunity to explain to you how our system works. Uh, this is actually our heated water system. 
And, and actually, this is not a picture of the heater washers because we're missing the heater. But to that point with moving water, because I also want to know if this is, I mean, I have to move the water in this case. This black device right here is our pump. And it pumps the water from the rain barrel through the water bar and it returns. And the reason why we do that is because there's a 1,000 watt self-regulating heater down inside that rain barrel that keeps 50 gallons of water thawed all the way down to negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So when that thermostatic switch goes on to the pump, it starts flowing the water. So definitely, you know, I remember my father telling me that, you know, he's a plumber by trade, you know, you kind of flush it out. We always see the fire hydrants getting flushed out. But in this case, we're actually flowing water, putting it right back into the rain barrel. So I hope that isn't causing any more problems I'm not aware of. Well, just remember the solution to pollution is dilution. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, here we have a, in, in most cases a 48 inch one and a half inch NSF PW, and I don't know what the difference is. You know, that's another thing I guess we should learn. You know, why is water actually resides in the pipe before before it uh, actually moves? I mean, it's not that big a volume. Once it's mixed up in the, your water bar, uh, it should be diluted with the other water. I missed the first word. What is it that's in there? Well, in the PVC pipe, if, if you are picking up anything in that volume of the tube, the, the, the volume of the inside of the tube, once you go into the big tank, it gets diluted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to the parts per million or the parts per right. liter. Volume. Right. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, for those people out there, our YouTube Chicken Police, which is going to be coming up here in a little bit, um... And Mr. Choffin, if you get a chance to hang out and listen to that, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Uh, so where we continue on, I just really want to talk to the people that are the uh, negative people out there, the naysayers. But again, we, we learn from them. Um, so with PVC, so we're talking 50 gallons, and it's running through the PVC, should we be concerned? Or is it just not enough? There's, it's just it's safe because if there is anything, it, it's just the concentration's not there. I'm eating a French fries, so. Uh, That's perfect. The only the only concern is the water that has remained in the tube for a long period of time. Hmm. If that gets mixed with other water, it gets diluted. So I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, that water is coming from the rain barrel, right? Right. So I'm wondering if. And it's almost like, and this is this is why I wish I was back in school. I would I would go like Mr. Troffel, We got to set this up in your classroom, uh, just like we used to do the uh, you know uh, wind chill, how to measure the wind chill and whatnot, putting the thermometers out there with the wet cotton or whatever. I almost think what we really need to do is test the actual water, and I don't even know who to use to test the water, what we should test for. But th this is interesting because I want to, again, for our viewers too, to also understand the picture that you're looking at right now that we brought up on the website is technically not our heated water system, but this is what we call our regular water system where what you're missing is the heater and uh, the thermostatic switch for the pump. But the, we used to just say, okay, if you're not going to heat it, you don't need to circulate it. Just let gravity do its thing. But I think Nan made the executive decision two, three years ago that customers want to circulate it. One, you know, stagnation, um, but it just kind of. What triggers the water pump? 
this you would just go manually plug it in. Oh, okay. So if you're like, okay, that water has been sitting in that pipe too long, so it's the solution okay. for pollution is dilution. Okay. We should almost make a sticker of that and put it on the back of the uh, plug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you plug it in, so you re-dilute it. So now I'm wondering if there, if again, 50 gallons of water, rainwater coming off of a metal roof, and I emphasize metal because I've always been told that's the safest way to collect rainwater versus asphalt shingles and things like that. Um, would you say, well, you know what, to play it safe, you should maybe change out that 50 gallons completion or to completion every 30 days, 90 days. Matt, you're crazy. Don't worry about it. Oh, I'd flush it out and put in new water every time it rained. Well, and, and technically it's coming off of a gutter, so in a way it is doing that. Okay. So if you're out in Arizona, right, I just picture Arizona as a, as a state that doesn't get rain very often, and when it does, it seems like it's a flood. Um, would there be a number that you would suggest, yeah, you should every 90 days, every 30 days, put fresh water in there now knowing too if they're going to do that they're using their either well water or most likely their city water that has you know your phosphates your chlorine yeah who knows what else is in there fluoride i would think this the rainwater, even if it's sitting in there would be better but hmm. rainwater will have a lot less minerals in it than uh. than well water or or city water taken from a well and then all they do with the water processing plant is, you know, chlorinate it and then aerate it. It doesn't do anything to the minerals. I mean, it's not being distilled. Rainwater technically is distilled because it was evaporated. So any minerals that were in it uh, get left behind. Just the, just the liquid the liquid forms from the vapor from the evaporation. In in Florida, for example, the raindrops form on the little, you know, when you go to the beach, you see the haze in the air. Mm -hmm. Well, that haze is salt. The, the splash of the waves puts the water droplets up in the air, the water evaporates, and the salt grain stays in the air. And that forms a condensation nuclei for raindrops. Uh, in fact, I, to my knowledge, they've never been able to reproduce this in a lab. Condensation hmm. nuclei, that's easy. Um, I mean, the, the burning in, in California of all the plant matter, that made a lot of condensation nuclei in the atmosphere. Hmm. Some something The condensation nuclei is what the water drops are attracted to. Salt is very hydroscopic. That's why you had to put rice in the salt shaker in years past, because the salt will actually pull water out of the air to try to dissolve itself. So uh, that's what was it? Morton invented the. Uh, no, here's a case. Salt is coated with aluminum oxide to not so the grains won't stick together. And you, when you put salt on your french fries, you're also ingesting aluminum. Wow. And okay, all right. Um, well, listen, Mr. Chop. I'm, Mr. I'm not fond of aluminum, so. Right, I, I definitely, uh, I, I heard that, and that, that is very fascinating. And you're right, I've always wondered why that rice is in there. 
Um, well, listen, um, I can't believe it's already been. We're 51 minutes into the show. we got to get to a couple other segments. But I thank you so much. Um, listen, Matt, I'm used to rejection. I you know my whole life I've been rejected. When, we, I was, when I was a kid, my parents used to take me places and leave me there to see if I could find my way home. And unfortunately, I did. And they... They kept taking me farther and farther away. <laughs> like a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, training a pigeon. Um, I Again, I can't thank you so much. I, I, time is precious, and I hope that this was as much fun for you as it was for us. Uh, you got a chance to really, eventually, you know, every, people watch our videos all around the world. And I would love it if maybe we can do this again in the future. I can't wait to hear what our uh, listeners and viewers uh, said about this. And because there's, there's so much more. I would just have to say those are the top three, but there's so much. Well, tell them not to say anything bad because I'm, you know, I'm very sensitive. <laughs> I don't take criticism well. I, oh, I, I don't believe that if you were a teacher for 32 years. Yeah, yeah, that's a brutal. That was the past thirty-two years of my life. I, <laughs> I, uh, I really enjoyed it, and I cannot stand it when people say they can't stand kids. I mean, kids are great. I uh, once they, once they uh, glom on to what you're doing, they, uh, they're very rewarding to work with. Yeah, and I, I can tell. And one of the things I have learned is we get to pass this along. Uh, and that's one of the best things about teaching. And what I love about my position now, I never knew when I started building chicken coops and then it was going to turn into the business that it's turning into. I love watching the employees that work for us. They, I teach them, I share with them what I've learned, and then they take it to the next level. Uh, that I know what you mean. It is so rewarding and so many things, whether it's just – how we think about things, or if it's an actual working with something, it, it, it's it's there's always something there. We pass it along, and it's just it never dies. You remember, I used to tell students, if you're a good student, I learned something from you this week. So, mm. Wow. You know, it's nice to be able to look at another another set of eyes and ears. Couldn't you know, look at. Couldn't agree more. All right, Mr. Trotman, thank you again. Um, I'll be in touch. Uh, we'll see what our listeners and viewers have to say. Uh, I love that we got it from a scientific point of view, a non-biased point of view, and there are so many more things that we could definitely talk about, especially when we get into the world of composting and microbes, all those things that I just, I, I'm thriving to become the expert on or at least listen to the experts so we can share this with our customers. So again, Mr. Trotman, thank you so much. Well, nice talking to you. Good luck with your coops. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was Mr. Chaffin. I hope you enjoyed that. I know that was uh, there's a lot of personal there for me, and I just again, I, I what I just boy do I miss that man. I wish I knew back then. I mean, I knew he was awesome, but how much that means to you. And uh, it's just it's something that we kind of need in life, especially with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, we're getting older. They're getting older. Yeah. Um, gosh, and you just don't realize the sacrifice until we're older what they went through, especially being scrutinized by the, the parents, you know, that you got mm -hmm. some of these bad parents. that just don't understand how tough of a job these teachers have. And they don't make a lot of money. They do it because they love it. And I just, I never really realized as a kid, but, and I wasn't the best kid. I guess that's the other thing I'm not I, saying. I was going to ask him if uh, Matt has exceeded his expectations. 
<laughs> I, I would probably, you know what he would say? He would say, this is what he would expect. Because he was one of two teachers I had that would pull me to the side and say, you, you are something special. We're not just saying this. But don't waste it, because I was going down a path of, of wasting it. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Truffle was one of them, and I just, I can't think of enough. All right, guys, so it is already 12.55. I know it's hurting you standing here, all that stuff, but I... I, I, I did a little stretch. I, I saw that crack. And, and, and actually, I wanted to say one thing about all that whole segment. Yeah. Was if the EPA says that it's safe for humans consumption, I would say that it's safe for chicken consumption. I think you might be overthinking it a little bit. Uh, that's just my that's just my opinion and i appreciate that because i do overthink things i feel like it's my job to overthink things but this comes to my attention from our listeners our viewers our customers and i take it very very seriously and you know well i tell you i learned a lot and i don't Mm -hmm. know what i'm gonna do and i love choices i'm all about choices but man when it comes to a business that can cause a lot of problems um ingrid is back in the green room i am dying to get into YouTube chicken police. There she is. I hear her coughing. Let me, um, let, let's, let's, uh, just, just because I, I got to hear it. It gets me excited. Here we go. If you're in your car, I apologize. You are not being pulled over. It is just time for chicken police. YouTube chicken police, my favorite time. And let's go into this screen right here. Uh, no, that's not the one I want. Let's see here. Hold on. I uh, purposely have, where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, don't tell me I lost it. Oh, I might have. I don't know. Let's just go to... I had a screen. Well, let's just go back to this one. Hi, Ingrid. Happy Friday. Again, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm well. What did you think of Mr. Chaffin? I love Mr. Chaffin. Good. I love him. He was great. And the best thing was he was pretty much saying you're overthinking it like Kristen said you're everything you have set up is perfectly fine mm-hmm. for um the brass fittings are fine like the, the the food safe pvc is fine the way except for for most people their roofs are fine because you'll get rainwater i won't but other people will um <laughs> as you well know i don't collect as much rainwater off my chicken coop um but I mean, everything was exactly, you know, you, you set up a good system. And I'd be also interested in all these people that think, you know, this isn't good for their chickens. It's like, well, what are you eating? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're I so mean, worried about these yeah. chickens getting something. And are they eating, drinking out of something that's not BPA free? Are they cooking on aluminum foil? I mean, all the things that they're doing, they're ingesting this possibly, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, ingesting they... things that are worse. That's a good point, Ingrid. Did they replumb their entire house? And if they did, what'd they use? I had a customer that did that. With what? What'd they use? Pex. Well, I use Pex too, but yep. that's still plastic. It, it, it is. I tell you, it's it's all, you know, and I appreciate it. I take it as a compliment that I'm overthinking it because I mm-hmm. honestly, I it's, it's my job. At the end of the day, I'm responsible for making sure we're providing a safe product for our customers, a safe working environment for all of us. And, and I, I, I do appreciate the naysayers, which is, again, why yeah. we do chicken police. Uh, you got to learn even from those negative people. You got to listen to them. They're going to make you better. And um, I, I also want to add that if this is okay for human consumption, we also have the benefit of 
this going through a chicken's body. I mean, that is filtering it as well. So, I mean, it's, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm 100% confident. Yeah, I, I love that. And it, that definitely helped me relax a little bit because I, I was freaking out. Because I'm like, the last thing I want is to know that my product that I've, that we've invented to make people's lives better could be potentially making them sick, you know? Um, and I think we probably will end up offering choices. I just feel like this is such a touchy, sensitive subject. <laughs> That's going to create more phone calls. Oh gosh, you have no idea. So everyone out there watching, uh, again, thank you so much. If you have any questions or comments to that, please uh, leave them down below. I definitely love to hear, uh, especially the other side of the, you know, I don't want to say the argument, but just to open up that discussion so we can learn from you. All right, it is time. YouTube Chicken Police. Ingrid, thank you for joining us for it. I am ready to finish up. It's already an hour, so we'll try to get through it really fast. And I haven't even had a chance to look at the comments. All the viewers out there, thank you so much for sticking with us and, 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 and hanging out with us this Friday afternoon. Um, okay, we got from Kelly, who said on your on your live show um, in Wilmington, she said, "This is March. You're backlogged until October." Was there an exclamation point um, on that? Did I hear? It said you need yeah Question you need mark. to expand and add more people, and yes, it was a. Well, that's a bait right there. I don't know what that voice is. That's a bait. Yeah. Was that was that comment bait? Well, I'm not allowed to say anything. Well, about. she's. Well, you're working no, on it. No, you can. Yeah, you're working on it. And it says you need a larger space and to streamline the process, which, uh, yes. People don't realize that we don't just, I think you need to explain, like, how you hire your crew, too. You don't just Ooh. have, oh, no, like. no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to get into my secrets. <laughs> well, I, I, okay, I just want to, it's just not anybody that works for you. People are skilled at what they do in the shop, and you can't just bring, you know, Joe Schmo off the street to help build a coop. You so, can't because it um, and still costs you more and money. And you have streamlined it. Right. And you have streamlined the process. We're just growing faster than our staff can grow. Um, I think. Maybe I answered the question. I don't know. You, you did. I, sometimes <laughs> I wonder if this is more for Ingrid. Uh, that, that lady, she's always the one hammering away. I can't imagine how many you don't tell me about because of all oh, this is going to set Matt over the edge. Um you know, great problem that we have. Yeah. God knows we have grown. I am so thankful that we've grown. I'm proud that we've grown because I know there are things that we have done that have allowed our success um, from listening to the customers, again, the naysayers, to uh, the mentors that we've been so fortunate to have, and, of course, the customers out there that have supported us. Uh, we, we're working on it, as Kristen said. I'm just not allowed to say it yet. I can't wait to show everyone. My goal very soon is that you will not have to wait uh, when it comes to a production coupe, custom coupes, whole different story. Uh, we are just, we're very busy, but I think that's a great sign. That's a good thing. And I'm going to continue to do this probably the day I die. I'm reinvesting everything back into it to shorten that lead time. I want everyone to have chickens or at least have the ability to be able to afford any of our coupes, but not sacrifice on what's going to keep your chickens happy. So we're working on it. Right. Is that good? Yeah. I did. All right. <laughs> The backlog should clear <laughs> so pretty soon. And it, you know what? I also should mention that. If that you're thinking should change, about, yeah. It's hopefully going to shrink very soon, but I just, there's a lot going on. I didn't know I was going to have to get blood. I mean, really? What? I had to get blood. Oh. I mean, I just, the things that had to happen in order to make these coops get out the door quicker. Anyways. <laughs> I didn't All right, on blood. the Michigan coop. 
Oh, okay. Um, hold on, hold on. I got, I, I got a scene for that. We need to start a, a t-shirt says, I got a video for okay, that. Okay, on the Michigan mm -hmm. coup. That was good. Very good. Um, so I guess you had said you were talking about the um, size of the hen house and the cube. You know, you talk about the cubic area in the hen house. So Darren Brown commented, you don't want your chickens' heads hitting the roof. Bloody hell, are they ostriches? So maybe you could talk to why. Oh, he oh he's said saying that. that you have so much headroom, it would almost accommodate a ostrich. Uh, well, I think, I, I think what it is is I think what he's saying is that Matt has said you don't want the roof right above the chickens' heads where yeah. they can hit their heads. But most people's coops don't have a lot of headroom. Is that correct? I don't think that's what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, my God, why, are you compensating for something else? Yeah. Because there's so much headroom. Right. That, um, all right, so I was just going to bring it up right here. Not that we're going to listen to it. I'm going to make sure that, and I don't know if this is going to be too much bandwidth. Uh, I was hoping just to bring that video up so people can see what I'm talking about. But it's not, oh, and of course, that clicked on the wrong one. We're going to stop that. <laughs> no, we're going to pause that. Pause that. All right, real quick. All right, well, let's just go back to it. Yeah, so that's just a comment saying that it's it's bigger okay. than it probably needs to be. But, you know, that gets into one of my favorite things I love to discuss. And that is the fact that the domino effect on designing chicken coops, making sure everything is perfect, that actually happens almost by default. Because we need a structure tall enough for us to walk into and when you try to make that perfect marriage between human and chickens, that hen house ends up taller. And it's not a bad thing. So uh, if there's one thing other than the deep litter system I know people say they love about our coops, especially when they're coming from the Chinese coffin coops, when they walk, can I say that? Was that wrong? Yeah, you said it. Oh, boy. My, my, my kids are Chinese. I mean, come on. Um, so they, they love that they can walk in and have all kinds of headroom. So it, it's just, it is what it is. I would never make a coop. They're shorter a, they're a quarter chinese okay well you know what i'm saying I, I, so, I, I don't know all right i don't want to i don't need people getting mad at me right now this is all for them to keep them happy uh and ingrid's losing her headset sorry about okay. that folks <laughs> no i had to sneeze and i didn't want to sneeze in your ear in everyone's ear got you I okay appreciate that. um it's pollen it's pollen season here in north carolina um it, it, it is and it's not affecting me yet part someone wrote on the virginia chicken duck coop Part of the fun, um, he, he basically said this takes all the fun out of it. Part of the fun of building your own coop with leftover materials around the property and being as cost effective as possible, making a fun activity that teaches self-sustainability to your children. Um, and he said, my guess is those kids will have a tough time appreciating fresh eggs or ever driving in a nail. <laughs> so I guess... Yes, it's great to build your own coop. It's great to and, teach your children that, but well, not everybody can do that. Yeah, that's how you started. One, that's how I started out of a dumpster. Two, that's what this is for. We're helping those people. And absolutely, I love it. I got more satisfaction out of building coops for our customers and starting with myself with materials out of a dumpster. So I'm not against what he said, but it definitely feels like... A, a, and we, a, did, we did that chicken coop where our task was to only only harvest 
<laughs> wood from the the property. Duke, Duke, yeah, over at Duke Forest. Yeah. We were only allowed to use cedar logs that were dead, but still had to be standing. We couldn't even kill a tree for right. that one. Absolutely. So, I mean, I see what he's saying. He's like, oh, so, I mean, yeah, let's judge. Let's judge you how... You can use your <laughs> principles and still build that way. You know... <sighs> There's nothing worse than when people judge, especially other parents that don't that have kids, uh, when the person that's judging doesn't have the kids. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. Uh, you, you go build a. Coop and some and people just, just don't have the time. Yeah. Ninety-nine you know, percent of, of our customers will say that they're like, we just don't have the time. Even builders, we've done chicken coops for builders. <laughs> we They'd absolutely. Say, yeah, I can do this myself, but. I just don't have the time. That I've is, got that, houses to build. <laughs> that is a great point. I can't tell you how many people have benefited and learned from us building chicken coops. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess this is a little kick in the old sensitive area there. But it didn't work. I, and I also, no, I was just going to say, and also, you know, even if you're a builder, you have already thought of all the things that you need to have when you have chickens right. that help both the chickens and the people. So yeah. you've already done all the homework and that's the benefit of buying one of your coops versus building yeah. your own coop because you, years of experience of this is the best way to do X, Y, and Z. And this is what we found works best. That reminds me, um, please reach out to the one lady who built her own coop and you said she's gonna be perfect to come on and talk about yep. her experience of building her own coop. Uh, and how she wishes now looking back she would have bought one of ours because she realized I'm sure a lot of time which is not a bad thing I mean some people like the project but more important if you're looking to save money you're yeah. not you're yeah. not period. yeah she, I, I can guarantee she, it I can tell you now that's she built it as a pandemic project for her family because they were all had this time when the beginning of the pandemic um, but she did she did she did say that um she would have, I don't know what that is, um, but she, she, um, she said that uh, she definitely spent more money doing sourcing her own materials than had she, if she had bought the coop from yeah. you guys. And she's great. She'll come on. Um, okay, awesome. Now listen, I, my back's starting to hurt too. Maybe Are we, we need getting, like one of those mats? And I'm on sneaker. I'm telling you, I'm here going, oh my gosh, this is kind of painful. So I know I'm, it's, uh, all right, so it's, not, it, it, it's 109. I think we can end it with YouTube yeah. Chicken Police right now. Yep. Uh, but before, Ingrid, before you go, uh, I have not had a chance to read the comments. I really don't want to miss out on that. Um, especially here, Christine, any tips on teaching children how to hold and handle chickens? Elise, Elise. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I mean, that's again, you know, I don't want it all to be about chicken coop building. Uh, you know, having Kristen here, uh, as far as the chicken expert side of things, and there is an art to holding chickens properly, but the question is, and catching and, them, and any tips on teaching the children? So it may, you know, it's not just, hey, hold it like this, tell them how to do it, but how to teach them to do it. Uh, what would you say to that? Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I like to teach them to hold the wings down and I press one wing against my body and then hold the chicken like this so that, and then the legs are dangling. Always let the f feet dangle. Yeah. And you, that, that actually allows you to have another hand in case you you need it. Why do you let the legs the dangle? What's because, the reason for that? Because they're usually dirty and they're sharp. <laughs> And they're, right? I didn't know if there was another reason, like. 
I think it makes the chicken more comfortable too. Well, they're yeah, gonna push off a, on you. Is right, what's gonna happen? Right. I mean, those, those claws are like dinosaurs. You know. They are dinosaur legs. Yeah. All right. Um, so real quick, I don't know. I, I I feel so bad. I do not want to get in this habit. We have all these wonderful viewers out there putting in some questions, comments, and I don't want to dismiss them like I think I did that one time. Uh, can we? Can, you want to hammer through it? And can we? Let's see if I remember how to do it. Let's uh, let's go up here and. Is that working? Whose phone's ringing? Is that us? That's mine, and it came up on my new iPhone saying "scam likely." <laughs> so <laughs> Ingrid crossed over to the other side and got a new iPhone. Uh, so let's try to get through real quick. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Um, all right. So Al, uh, Alex G says, "Hey Matt, so we have room for more chickens, and I would like to add two, three more. Shocker, chicken math that happens mm -hmm. um, to our flock. I have six currently, but I am concerned about how to integrate more chickens in." Love that question. Um, and actually, real quick, Alex, we definitely have talked a lot about that, so we have some videos in the past. But if you could just answer without explanation, what is the best way to integrate new chickens into your flock? Well, if you have a broody hen, I, I think that's the best way. That's the easiest way. But if you don't, um, you really have to make sure that your chickens are about the same size and you have a secondary feeding and watering station for them during the integration. Ingrid just went through this, so she probably has some more tips. Um, so use a broody hen. But the trick to put them in at night and then they wake up together and everybody's happy, that's pretty much a myth. Yeah, so I would actually love to do a, a class on that. Uh, but basically to answer the question, the best way to introduce new hens is with a broody hen and we have a lot of information out and there. And space is critical. I mean, it seems to be easier the more space that they have. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm uh, also writing a blog on that too. For that oh, good, guy, good. I haven't yeah. gotten gotten to it yet. <laughs> Why or what do you do with four foot hardware cloth when the openings are three foot? Why not use three foot hardware cloth when you can get the three foot cloth? Are you saying can you get the three foot cloth? Oh, sorry, I, I'm real, I gotta get glasses. Can you get three foot cloth? You know, to that point, absolutely you can. It's not as common. Four foot's the most common, and we sell a ton of four foot hardware cloth and that's usually where you're going to get the least amount of waste i've actually thought about selling our custom hardware cloth that's made for us just for our chicken coops because um, i think people would benefit even more because there would be no waste and it is technically better what size is yours uh, I knew you were going to ask me that. I'm not, I don't know off the top of my head. It's like 33 and 34, and okay. then there's a 22 and a half that are already at the right width. So, um, no you more know, nibble. The nibble tool. Yeah, you definitely cutting hardware cloth is a nightmare. And you don't use tin snips like one of my guys just said. Um, all right, hello. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. Hey, Matt, I ordered my 6 oh, by yeah, 18 that's... question. I know chicken math says 10 are non-free ranging and 12 free ranging, but I'm ordering 15 from Murray McMurray. Uh, to make the minimum, what should minimum. I do? Okay. Hold on, hold on. D the question. I uh, answered him, but I want you guys to answer. Okay, so... <laughs> I love this. I love. I definitely love the bigger green screens. I definitely feel like a meteorologist. Um, so if you... Let's see. Well, you want to switch sides? Can we switch sides? Will that work? Let's go. Let's get... Okay, so I think people might... All right. A little bit better. All right, so, and of course... Oh, my. you got the better lighting. I see what you do now. What do you? No, I didn't. All right. So the question is, okay, so you had to order 15 hens to make the minimum, which is very, very common. We hear that all the time. Are, he said he's got the what? My attention, my, my memory is off. He's got the 6 by 18 coop, but it's only supposed to have four, uh, 15, uh, 12 oh. chickens in the hen house. 
So he's got 15. Nuh-uh. Not a 6 by 18. A 4 by 6 hen house, 18 foot run. Oh, still, okay. A 4 yeah, by 6 hen still, house. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's what you see right here. And we did a video yesterday. We just uploaded. I can't wait for you guys to see it. Uh, and even our customers said, because they're suffering from chicken math right now, they easily can fit more than 12 hens in their hen house. And, you know, I just, I'm a fan of a king size bed. King size bed. We don't want to force you to cram chickens in there. But if you use the industry standard of eight inches, you can easily go up to 18 chickens, right? Right. And the customer's point was, we can fit so many more in here because they all cram to one side. He said all of them but one cram together, almost like they were cuddling. And the, one, the most dominant one was off to the side by the window. Maybe like it, it was almost like a per protective position. Yeah. You know, so that's... So they're, they're chicken spooning up here. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. uh, they got one on guard. One, one lookout, yeah. That's just like insects. A lot of wasps do that, actually. That's funny. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully that answers the question. I tell you, to the point I think they're making is we should almost make an official statement that I don't want people to be discouraged and say, well, Matt said we can't get 15 chickens, so I shouldn't do it and make that life a little bit harder for you. Absolutely can. And I, I know for a fact, every time I've said, you can, I like the one foot rule, but I should always have followed up with, but the industry standard, because I do get criticized for that quite a bit, is that you can definitely get away with eight inches, but leave room I, in your hen house to grow your flock. And I would say, I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go industry standard. I might go like 10 inches. Like I would split the difference. So 12 inches per chicken is the best 10, because industry standard, I mean, industry that, that, that's what you're going to read all over. And then, yeah. of course, then you're going to get in the bantams, which is four inches when yeah. you split it in half. Oh, they don't count. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't, don't count. count. Yeah, yeah. They but also, count. if he if, if he got 15, you know, there could be a death or a male in there. Right. So, I mean, I would even say it's pretty likely that he'll end up with less than 15 after the first six months or year. Not due to his fault, you know, anything that's his fault. Uh, so someone's asking what size is the cupola and all these could be answered by selling plans. I promise a day is going to come. I'm going to sell plans. Um, not to tease anyone. I might give them away for free. I can't. I, if that day comes, I have a very good reason. But anyways, um, can the power supply be solar powered as a choice, John? Mm -hmm. uh, great question. The world is solar. And I was actually going to tiptoe a little bit with Mr. Chaffin and, and get mm -hmm. his opinion on it. So real quick, can it? Yes. But I don't want to mislead people. When you get into the world of solar, you got to understand what is the load because solar is not nearly as dependable as you think it is. And also, if you have no other, if you cannot get 110 AC out there, 120, whichever you want to call it, and you're going to go to solar, fine. It definitely can be done. I try to tell people, sol I love solar. It's well, just so complicated. It's very complicated, and I have been told it is carbon footprint neutral. Right. If not, maybe even worse. So a lot of people, I think, try to go solar because I mean, they're trying to be help cleaner for the environment. It, I can't believe it, but believe it or not, it's not. Well, in order to heat water, you have to have so much power, and then you're, you've got like two big deep cycle batteries out there. You've got a solar controller, an inverter... You know, the batteries, the, and yeah. the panels, it's just such a big, complex system 
just to heat water. And then if something fails in there, then you don't have water. It's just, it's it, not it as, is possible. It's just, it's just very, it, it's, it's really not. It's a lot power. bigger of a system. So yeah. when they refer to the actual pump, the pump does not require as much power. Is that uh, what they said? Yeah. Pump? So okay, it was a pump. I but I don't want to mislead people. A lot of people always ask us, can we solar powered our heated water system? Like Chris is saying, uh, it's very complicated. My answer is yes, you can. But once you get into anything that's heating, when you're using electricity to heat, you are basically creating a dead short. And that requires so much amperage, you will drain those batteries. Mm -hmm. So if you got to depend on it and, and not make sure it doesn't fail, you need such a large storage. Yeah, we've tried it. We tried it um, with, a few with a few, right? I know the one in Georgia. Um, okay, so real quick, I think we're getting close to the end. I'm going to put a timer on my system, so it'll run a few hours a day. Uh, are you not set up for super chats? Uh, super chats is, yeah, that's where you people actually like we charge to answer things, or and you know we're not we're not big on take. I don't know. Um, I know, I know, and again, I got to apologize, to everyone. I did something I said we never would do, and that is monetize our YouTube channel. Um, we make our money off the chicken coops. I don't care to make money off of the YouTube. I don't care to even the t-shirts. Like I can't wait to really get selling these and donate it to, I would love maybe like once a month, some, you know, especially an, I love animal shelters that might be on hard times. They have an interesting story and we get to pick them every month, do a story on that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, but I never, I'm glad you knew that because I did not have a clue what you meant by that. Um, you're doing a lot to help us. So we, so what can the DIYers like me do to support Carolina Coops? I appreciate that. Definitely want to do with the super chats. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, here's the reason why I do this. I am a huge fan of educating the consumer and I want the consumer to buy from us. Okay. However, I am well aware of how many people copy our coops. And I have always said, if you're not going to buy a coop from us, learn from us to build your own. All right, and we do actually spend a lot of time where people even call us. They're like, "How big is this board? How long is that board?" That's not what I mean. I don't mean to call us and ask us how we actually build our specific chicken coops, but learn from us and build your own. Um, I also believe, and to answer your question, what can we do to give back to Carolina Coops? If everyone asks themselves right now, where did I first learn about having backyard chickens? Most likely you're gonna remember a moment going to a friend's house. And you're like, Is, are those chickens I hear? What's going on back there? Oh, that's a cool looking chicken coop. And they're gonna be intrigued by it. And it's a coop that you built. And that friend that came over may not wanna build a chicken coop. But the idea is for you to say to them, call Carolina Coops. That's why we do it. So to answer your question, that is the best way to give back to us. And, and just, I, I wanna get the word out there. I want, one of my goals is just have everyone get to know who we are and hopefully take the opportunity to, to explore and get into such a wonderful, easy hobby. Um, and I see a lot of our friends there saying hi to Mr. Choff and I hope you guys uh, really enjoyed it. I can tell you, I was a little worried because uh, if you don't know Mr. Choff and it's kind of hard to understand his sense of humor and you know he's not the spring chicken he used to be but boys he still got it mm -hmm. uh the man is just brilliant but he doesn't try to act like it uh i swear to god we would go in there and he's gonna pick a subject we would just ask one off the wall question he would spend the entire time talking about it, but we were always always learning um 
So, all right, I, let's see, in my case, there will not be any power, so gravity feed would have to be used. I would say go ahead, yeah, if, if you can use gravity, use it to your advantage. If there's no power and you're worried about it freezing, it, you either got, you just got to figure out a way to keep it warm, and solar is just not an ideal option. I can't Or you even... bring it in at night and bring it out in the morning. I've done that before. Yeah, I tell you, there's... Or... Okay, all right, real quick. So here, like, here's a thought, and this blows my mind, and you can watch people on YouTube doing this. When you take compost to a, an aerobic state, mm -hmm. you can run coil through that compost that'll heat, and then run water through that, and it'll heat it up to 170 degrees Fahrenheit. Imagine if you have a system where it might be cold outside, but you've spent enough time composting where it's generating a bunch of heat. It won't take a lot of solar power to circulate the water with a circulating pump, but you're letting the, the microbes heat that water up. So it's just, again, just spitting that out there as an idea real quick. It's, it's tough to get that compost to that heat, though, because we've tried. It's, it's not as easy as people think. It's not just okay. throwing your table scraps and yeah. grass clippings. Our man, Joel Solitz, <laughs> if you guys don't ever watch Polyface Farms... Um, He's not paying me to say this. I'm just a huge fan of his because he, Joel Solitz, if you've never heard of him, go check out Polyface Farms. You'll learn so much from him. That Joel Solitz reminds me of Mr. Chaffin. He will just, he's going to explain it to you and it's not overcomplicated and it's just how it is and you just take from it what you want and put it to good use. So, um, Ingrid, thank you so much. I think it's time to wrap it up. It is 124. Yep. I know Chris is like, okay, Matt, please be done. I told you no more. No, than I enjoy it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Check us out next week. And again, if you haven't already, please bounce over to Instagram. Click on that follow button. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube if you're not already. And I don't know, Ingrid, any other shout outs? I don't know where else we are on social media. Just follow us, like us, tell your friends. That, there you go. I love it. <laughs> Everyone, have a great weekend. Take care. Okay, bye.